0: Pigeon River Country State Forest could grow by almost 9,000 acres in the near future. The addition includes 14 miles of the Black River and three small lakes. That's thanks to a lucrative state program, the Michigan Natural Resources Trust Fund. It awarded dozens of grants this week. Coming up, we'll hear about the annual event that makes Michigan the envy of conservationists everywhere. That's on Points North, our show about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Upper Great Lakes. I'm Peter Payette. For conservationists in Michigan, Christmas comes the first week of December every year. That's when the Michigan Natural Resources Trust Fund Board decides how to spend the earnings of its massive endowment. IPR's Lexi Krupp has a look at this annual tradition.
1: There was a big pot of money at stake this year, $42 million to fund public land projects. And it's a small group of people who decide how to dish the money out.
0: Steve Hamp, Dan Eichinger,
1: Karen McDonough,
0: Sam Cummings. I'm Bill Rustum, I'm the current chair of the Natural Resources Trust Fund board.
1: The board reviews applications for projects like buying lakefront property for public use or building restrooms at a town park. Proposals get a score and the ones higher up have a better shot to get funding. But the final call is at the board's discretion.
0: I know there are a couple of projects that I have particular interest in that I'd like to bubble up to my fellow board members.
1: Glenn Chown, the director of the Grand Traverse Regional Land Conservancy, says they can still fund projects that don't score very well.
0: The ranking system is sort of a guide to try to make sense and, you know, prioritize. And that gets them to about 70% of the way there.
1: So the day of the meeting, the applicants show up and plead their cases, like Dave Coulter, an Oakland County executive.
2: It's not often that an opportunity comes along in our area.
1: Then the board starts divvying up the money. It's sort of like an Oprah Winfrey show. You get $100,000, and you get $100,000, and you get $100,000. Only it's without any of the network television glitz.
0: You know, we're going to look at the spreadsheet.
1: The big laundry list they had to go through had more than a hundred projects this year. Some are for big ticket items, like buying hundreds of acres along Lake Michigan at an old sand mining property in Muskegon. Others are for smaller projects. That can still be a big deal for the communities applying. Like one on the roster this year is in Whitefish Township, up in the Eastern UP. They need to rebuild the road and parking lot at the town beach, because right now, it's basically covered in a sand dune. That's according to Edson Forrester. He's a township trustee.
0: Right now, there's a lot of sand pits. People get stuck in there. There's only one-way traffic, and it's kind of difficult for people to use that lakeshore.
1: The board approved $185,000 for the project. And Discovery Pier, just north of Traverse City, needs bathrooms and better access for people with mobility issues. They're slated to get $300,000. And in Sheboygan, there's a popular fishing spot right in the middle of town. Caroline Keeson, with the tip of the Mitt Watershed Council, says right now it's this steep bank. It's really only accessible for, like, the most agile angler. They're also set to get $300,000 to build a boardwalk and fishing platforms.
0: Well, I guess I'm going to have to go fishing out the river now.
1: (laughs) And all of these projects were pretty highly rated. Most applicants expected to get funding. But Glenn Chown, from the Grand Traverse Regional Land Conservancy, had a project with a lower score. He wasn't sure if it was going to get this trust fund money.
0: I have not been sleeping too well the last two nights.
1: It was to purchase a piece of waterfront property on Crystal Lake in Benzie County. It's an area called Railroad Point. He made a comment at the start of the meeting as a final pitch.
0: This year's scoring does not truly reflect the importance of this property. Acquisition of this final high priority conservation parcel would be the capstone representing the culmination of a grand and bold vision.
1: It worked the project was awarded more than $700,000. He was pretty happy about the decision.
0: We're ringing bells. you
2: want to hear me ring the bell?
0: <laughs> Tonight we might even have to break out a little champagne.
1: It was one of 76 proposals funded this year. Over the trust fund's more than 40-year history, it's invested over a billion dollars in the state. It's a big reason why Michigan has some of the most public lands east of the Mississippi.
0: This is Points North from Interlochen Public Radio. The mating season for deer in Michigan is pretty much over. It peaks in November. The rut leaves behind dead deer along many Michigan roads. In our field guide today, Cheryl Bartz explains why deer are so prone to jump out in front of your car.
2: Deer don't see the world the way we do. Literally. Our eyes face forward. Theirs are on the sides of their head. That gives deer a really wide field of view. So imagine that, for example, with white-tailed deer, they can see 310 degrees around their head, all right? Um, So they're able to pick up on movement almost to their
0: side or back of them.
2: That's Bradley Cohen, professor of wildlife ecology at Tennessee Tech. He says that wide view helps deer detect a predator coming from almost any direction, but there's a trade-off. They don't have good depth perception. Predators, on the other hand, have eyes that are close together and face the same way. Each eye sees the same thing from a slightly different angle, which makes depth perception possible. That's essential for catching prey. So people, for instance, can tell how far away a car is and how fast it's closing. Also, it turns out that headlights are a real problem for deer. Cohen says car headlights emit lots of blue light which deer eyes are very sensitive to. So you have a deer in the headlight, and it's really true. They don't see a car coming to them. Instead, what they see is just a bright light, if not a blinding light. And just imagine that you don't know what's behind that, so what do they do? They stop. What is that? And uh, unfortunately, they have to find out the hard way it is. So have a little empathy for the deer who doesn't and can't see the world the way we do.
0: If you have a question or unusual observation about life outside in northern Michigan, drop us an email. You can reach us at pointsnorth at That's our show for this week. This episode was produced by me, Peter Payette, with Lexi Krupp and Cheryl Bartz. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a great weekend.